Do you ever find yourself spending so much time pondering on comparing different products? Maybe like on Amazon. Well, let me read all the reviews. Should I buy this one or that one? Which one's going to be better? Anyone else have like chronic decision-making problems? In the last episode, I talked about clutter being nothing more than postponed decisions and needing to get better at decision-making. Well, today's episode is going to dig into the power of decision-making and what it can do for you in your success. I'm Priscilla Pfeiffer, and welcome to Spark Your Inner Fire, a podcast for artists, performers, and closet creatives. You bring a lighter, and I'll bring the fuel. It's time to spark your inner fire. For the longest time, I was struck with analysis paralysis. Not able to make a decision on anything without calling someone to see if that's the right decision to make. Not buying something unless I looked at every piece of evidence possible, every review on Yelp, every review on Amazon and Google to see if even choosing a right restaurant is correct. Now, I still do this a little bit. (laughs) I just want to make good choices. But I will say that I've come a long way from where I used to be, where I would almost be paralyzed by making decisions. But what I didn't realize is that not only does overthinking waste time, but it also lowers your confidence. Because the most successful people make decisions quickly and they stick to them. And the less successful people take too long to decide and quickly change their mind afterwards. And you may even be like me saying, well, I'm just trying to be cautious, trying to be responsible and take my time and decide the right option. But there's no evidence to suggest that ruminating excessively on a decision results in a better outcome. It's just not the case. Even Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, says, we start with the data, but the final call is always gut. It's informed intuition. And what I truly think not being able to make a decision comes down to is fear of an outcome that is your fault. Fear of an outcome that somebody else will blame you for. And fear of imperfection. And the fear of making a wrong choice also stems from how we were taught in school. We were taught that it's not okay to fail. It's not okay to dissect something and learn from your mistakes and then try again. No, we were taught that you cannot fail. You cannot mess this up and try again. You just messed up and you're done. F to test, you're done. You can't try it again. Flunked a project that you tried something new to be creative with, you're done. That was the end of the assignment. And so from a young age, we were kind of already instilled this mindset and belief system that it's not okay to make a wrong choice or try something new. Play it safe. Do what everyone else does. Do what you're supposed to do. Color inside the lines. But that's not how we learn and grow. That's not how we expand our possibilities. So we can tend to have this sort of emotional attachment to every decision we make. And it goes so much further than the choices that are in front of us. It's what's behind the choices. What's the result of the choices that we tend to over-examine. They over-examine the possibility that somebody's going to think we failed because we chose the wrong thing. What will people think of me? What will my family think of me, my friends, if I make this choice? And then we're then making decisions off of someone else's desires, not our own. And the more we do that, Being able to be swayed accordingly to other people's needs, the more detached we get from our own intuition, our own feelings of what we know deep down should be the right choice. 
You ever play the game apples to apples? So the gist of apples to apples game is that everybody gets a set of cards and the person whose turn it is, they get a card that will have like a description of something, something like spooky. And then everybody else in the group finds the card within their deck that they think would be spooky. And this could even be something funny. It could be something relatable. There's kind of no right or wrong answer. And I mean, my deck could have something like an actor's name, like Michelle Pfeiffer. It could have a movie on there. It could have an item in your home, like a refrigerator. Just random things that could be in your pile. You put the card down, everybody puts one card down, and then the person's turn it is chooses which one they think is the spookiest. And if you play this game with people you know, or even people you don't know, it's not long before you start to understand how people play. Oh, this person's, they, they're pretty cynical. They're going to put something, a cynical card, or another person may always put a funny off the wall response, and you know it's their card. Not that we're trying to guess, but you sort of start to understand how people think. And the other interesting aspect of this is that who's ever turn it is, when they start to understand who put the card down, even without us saying that it was our card, some people will make the decision quick on which card they think should win that round. Because whosever card that they choose will win that card. And so you see some people making decisions quickly and some people overanalyzing. They're looking at the emotions of others in the group, not wanting to disappoint them, not wanting to hurt their feelings because they don't have a card. Or maybe even trying to not choose someone who's about to win. And they overanalyze their decision. And sometimes that overanalyzing is to win. And sometimes that overanalyzing is to appease others. And if you're making decisions on tr just trying to win, you know, maybe you're very competitive, you're likely looking at your decision from a strategy point of view. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as the ego isn't in the way. Because when the ego gets in the way, now emotion has been inserted into the decision making. And if you're making this decision based off of what other people think, you're definitely making decisions from an emotional state. And when we come from making decisions from emotion, it can blind us to the flaws, can blind us to what's right in front of us that we don't see because we just are worried about what other people see then we inevitably make poor decisions or we're not able to stick to our guns and we keep changing our decision. Think about someone really successful, maybe like Steve Jobs, brilliant inventor, brilliant innovator. Now think about it. Do you think he invented his first product based off of what other people will think about him? No. Do you think he made decisions on his products very decisively? knowing what he wants, knowing what he wants to try, trying something new, failing and trying again? Absolutely. That's why he was able to create things outside of the box. He made a decision, found the people to do it and made it happen. Now, it may seem silly thinking, well, what's the big deal with not being able to choose the right restaurant or which pair of pants I should buy? But how we do anything is how we do everything. So if we can't make decisions with the smallest thing, how can we be expected to make decisions on the big things? The decision-making in the small things is your training ground. This is the time to practice that. For many, many years, I couldn't make a decision before calling someone to see if I was making the right decision. It could be as simple as being at the store looking at something to buy. And I'd have to send them a picture 
which one do you like better? I can't decide. And I would wait until I got a response before I'd purchase it. And if I didn't get a response, I just left. It was that bad. I couldn't make a stinking decision. And it paralyzed me because it didn't just show up when I was shopping. It showed up countless times with my work, making the right decision on the next step. Am I making the right decision, spending time in this field versus that field? And like I said earlier, there's nothing wrong with strategy. There's nothing wrong with getting your pros and cons, especially with a big decision. There's nothing wrong with looking at the outcome of where will this take me? What will be the best decision for me? But even so, after the options have been laid out and you've compared the options accordingly, don't let that be an excuse to overanalyze every single detail as an excuse to not take the action on the decision. These small decisions are your training ground. So try something new. Open a menu and make a decision in five seconds what you want to eat. If you hate it, don't order it again. It's not the end of the world. It didn't work, try again. This will show up everywhere. One example I see all the time is people just starting a podcast. And before they even know what they want to talk about, before they've even got an idea for who they want to talk to or why they even want to do this, they just get this idea to make a podcast and they start overanalyzing. Okay, what, what podcast platform should I use? There's so many out there. Which microphone should I get? And they start overanalyzing for months on the details that don't matter. They turn to other people to get answers to things. And what's funny is those same people will keep asking the same questions to multiple people, still being indecisive, even though they've already got a response. They're focusing on the wrong thing. It's a distraction from taking action on just starting the podcast. It's paralyzing. It blinds us from what's actually in front of us that we need to solve. Often the times the problem that we need to solve is being masked by this problem that doesn't exist. A friend of mine, Barry Friedman said, stop trying to answer questions for problems that don't exist. Stop trying to answer questions for problems that don't exist. Because we spend all this time making a decision on the least important things, the things that aren't going to move the needle. Like the microphone you're going to buy for your podcast isn't going to move the needle if you don't start it. By focusing on these questions, all that's happening is a delay in beginning. Tony Robbins said, successful people ask better questions, and as a result, they get better answers. So are you asking the right questions? Or are you dwelling on making a decision for a problem that doesn't exist? The questions we're asking are often the wrong questions. They're distractions. They're clutter. They're clutter in your mind. So get the obstacle out of the way so you can focus on the important thing at hand. And furthermore, the lack of being able to make a decision and putting that decision on someone else is putting someone else in control of your life outcomes. So why are you putting someone else in control of your outcomes? Do you really wanna put someone else in the driver's seat of your destiny? Deep down, you do know what that response is. You do know what the decision should be, but you're not gonna hear it. You're not going to hear it in your intuition when your brain is clouded with everyone else's opinions. And when you do ask for an opinion, be careful who you ask. Be cautious who you bounce your ideas off of because you never know if you're dealing with someone who's making that decision of their opinion off of fear and being cautious. Better play it safe. Better choose the option that's the safest bet. 
how do you learn and grow from that? You don't grow from playing it safe and staying in your comfort zone and staying right where you're at. That's the indecisiveness talking. That's the indecisiveness keeping you where you're at. And it's being driven by fear. I don't know about you, but fear is not controlling my life. Mm -mm. And I didn't realize that this came full circle, just being able to not make a decision on something. What? Yeah, it's all connected. And when you overthink, you underwork. When you overanalyze, it stops you from doing the next thing that you are probably supposed to do. So get out of your own way. We're never going to make decisions perfectly 100% of the time. Be at peace with that. It's okay. We're all doing the best we can with what we know. We learn, we improve, and we try again. And a little exercise you can do the next time you're having a problem with this, having a problem with making a decision off of two things, I want you to get a quarter, choose a side of the coin for each option, flip it, catch it, put it on your hand, and before you lift your hand, if you listen to your gut, you know the response. You know which side that you are hoping has landed up. At that point, you don't even need to look at the coin because you already know. So start looking inward. Start being able to make decisions without someone else's opinion. Start making decisions that aren't based from an emotional state. And start practicing making decisions quickly. The areas that this will improve might just surprise you. And I'll end with a quote. Do not plant your dreams in the field of indecision where nothing ever grows but the weeds of what if. Dodinsky. It's Priscilla Pfeiffer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please subscribe, leave a comment so I can reach more people like you. And go to sparkyourinnerfire.com. I have a special gift for you. Go check it out.